Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Grilecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. I am Josh Grilecki, pastor and teacher of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. It's an honor and privilege to be able to open up God's Word with you and look at some significant issues. And that issue uh, this week is looking at godly contentment. Uh, Being content is something that God wants to effectually work in our lives. And he has many means in which to accomplish that. And in everything and in all things during and when we face the good and the bad, he wants us to be content. Any situation, any circumstance that we could ever face, that we are facing, um, he wants us to be content. And that isn't something that is easy to do in and of ourselves. And if it is found to be done in and of ourselves, we utilize a counterfeit means to the power of God's word. And um, to be content in general and by definition is to satisfy the mind, to, to quiet, to be quiet, not disturbed, having a mind at peace, satisfaction which, hold, which holds the mind in peace. And many people find various things satisfactory, which can cause a peace in their mind and therefore be in a state of contentment. But God has his means to uh, cause us to be at peace in our minds and therefore be content. I think it's very interesting that um, part of being content is the issue of being at peace and being at peace in our minds. Peace is a state of quiet or tranquility, and oftentimes the things that we face and the things that Paul faced, um, on every side, he says, we're, we are troubled, that he could still have contentment. There was times where Paul was abased, and he learned how to be there with uh, content, to be at a state of quiet or tranquility, to be freedom from agitation or disturbance, and when you look at it and you read what Paul says in the scriptures, we're not going to have time to look at everything is that he's at peace in these situations and circumstances. You you see earlier on that he wasn't always that way. He learned that. We'll take a look at that here in a second. But yet when you look at who God is and the means by which God utilizes for us to be content and have a peace of mind and to satisfy Uh, us and hold that uh, in the mind and be at peace Um, it isn't that astounding and one of the things that helps us to see that that's not so astounding is by who God recognizes that he is there's these expressions that Paul identifies God as especially in his earlier epistles not necessarily when he wrote them but in the doctrinal order in which God placed them, those descriptions of himself are the God of love, the God of comfort, the God of consolation, the God of hope, and here's the one, the God of peace. When that description is utilized of God himself, the God of peace, is not that, not only does peace derive from God, but that he authors it that he begats it. He's the, he's the originator of peace. 
the genesis and the origin of peace is with God, and therefore he's the God of it. Therefore, when we find peace in other things, uh, we find ourselves in really idolatry, worshiping other gods. But when we find peace in the God of peace and the means of his peace, uh, we get the benefit and therefore be content in all things. Out of all those descriptions, the God of love, the God of peace, the God of comfort, the God of consolation, the God of hope that Paul utilizes, five times he uses the God of peace. One time he calls him, identifies himself as the Lord of peace. So six times total, he's the God or Lord of peace. All those other ones are utilized just a few times, but this one is six times. That's again just showing the significance that one of the things that God wants to be toward, toward us and be the God of in our lives. He wants to be the God of peace. With that being said, and with peace and contentment in mind, I want us to look at just a few passages. One in Philippians chapter 4, and Paul writes in verse 9, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. There it is the expression descriptor of God utilized once again uh, outside of the book of Romans. And then verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. The saints at Philippi flourished again in financially and physically supporting Paul the Apostle. And when he's speaking about this, he's speaking not in respect of want. And he goes on to describe that he's that's not in respect of want by saying this, for I have learned. This isn't something you always see of Paul in Acts or in his epistles, but it is something that he eventually did learn. And what did he learn? In whatsoever state. That encapsulates every state and condition you are in or ever could be in. He says this, In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And then he goes on to explain this. I know both how, and that's a key word, how, the manner and the mechanics and the ability to be abased. He's talking about his being content. How to be content when he's abased. And he says, I know how to abound. Even when he would abound, he knew how to be content. Oftentimes when people abound, they're not content. Oftentimes when they're abased, they're not content. But a godly characteristic that God is the God of peace wants to establish us in and conform us into, as he conforms us into the image of his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is to be content. He says, everywhere and in all things. Anywhere that you are, in whatever situation, circumstance you're in, he says this, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then here's the colloquial 
expression that oftentimes Christianity uses. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That is the source of our contentment. Knowing Christ. And when you know Christ and you learn Christ, you're able to do all things through Christ. Not only when you're abased, but also when you're abound, when you abound. When you're full and when you're hungry, when you're abound and you suffer need. The strength of godly contentment comes from knowing the things of Christ. And you can talk about all the means that God has to produce a godly contentment in us. But the source of that is Christ. Now, we don't have time to look at all those means and all the various different contexts. But I want to look at one other passage, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. He talks later on about laying hold on eternal life and following after in verse 11. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, all these things that God has given us. He has given us all things that we could ever need. And our primary need is spiritually for life and godliness in the life that now is that profit us and are a great gain to us even though we might suffer need now. Being content in that is a great gain for us. And it's the only thing, that contentment and godliness that we can carry out of this world. Not the riches that we, we, we may uh, want. Not the things that we may want. Not the house. Not the vacations. Not the locations we might want to precisely live in and all those kind of things. But godliness with contentment, that's great gain. And that's the components and the characteristics that God wants to work in us that we can carry out because they will build up our inner man, the only thing that we'll take out of this world. I leave you with this in First Timothy chapter 4. He says, verse 8, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. One of the things godliness teaches is contentment. When we have that, when we have all of godliness with contentment, it's a great gain for us. And although we might not have it easy in this life, when we acquire from the effectual working of God's word and believing all the things that it's able to produce in our lives, as He teaches us these things, as the God of peace that He is, and we acquire His contentment, that's great gain, because that means we're being conformed into the image of His Son. And that means we will have gain beyond just eternal life, beyond just being in the heavenly places for all eternity with the Father. There will be even more gain to be had because we will be more and more like Him. So I pray throughout your week and throughout all your days that you would come to learn Christ and learn the means by which Christ is to us contentment so that you can have godliness with contentment and benefit from the profit and the great gain those things are now and in the life that which is to come. Until next week, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. 
join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up. <laughs>